0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse.
1: Hey there, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Kia ora. I've been kia (laughs) ora to you. I've been really looking forward to this session. Have you? Oh, good. Yeah. In fact, I was just chatting with some mates yesterday. It was quite funny, actually, and uh, they were talking about the share market. And I was saying, oh, you've got to be in the know to make money in the share market. And I said, actually, quite the opposite, guys. The people who are supposedly in the know make less than the basic index. In fact, you don't need to know anything. All you need to do is get this representative. And one of them stopped and said, Oh, you've been listening to Mary Holm too much. (laughs) It's probably true, actually. She's on my show every fortnight. uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got to be careful here because some people in the know have done better than the index, but whether they'll continue to do better than the index is... Is the big issue, but that's not what we're talking about today. No, go on. We could, we could, uh, I, we fact, are I talking
1: about investments though.
0: We're talking about investments, yes. And, and I was listening to the radio just the other day, and the American share market had fallen mm. and the New Zealand market hadn't. And it just got me thinking that quite a few listeners possibly hear that and think, Oh, I'm okay, you know, we're okay, we're in New Zealand, doesn't really matter about what's happening in the American market. And in fact, through their Kiwi or other investments, they might be. Affected more than they realised. Um, there was a story
1: in the paper today, actually, yeah, saying that they, that they would be, we'd been mostly unaffected by the turbulence in America this week. Um, yes,
0: the New Zealand market has been. Mm. But the point is that a lot of New Zealanders have actually got investments in the American market and in other international markets through KiwiSaver without even realising you yeah. have. I mean, and that works both ways too because there are certainly days when the New Zealand market's down and the American and other markets are up. So it's... it's. Um, but I just thought we, we it would be good to talk a bit more about... Yes, definitely. Um, and and yes. I would just
1: add what we sometimes say when we're chatting about investments is because when we hear investments, we think, oh, she's just talking about people with hundreds of thousands of dollars playing the share market. It's sort yeah. of the old style, right? But if you've got KiwiSaver your money will be invested in something. You might not know what it is yet, but it will be yes. a fund like this. Yep, that's um, right.
0: And and it would be a, a rare Saver fund that doesn't have some international investments, although some of the very lowest risk ones don't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get on to how to tell that in a yeah. minute. But the first thing I just wanted to say was that the obvious reason for going having offshore investments as well as diversification. New Zealand's a tiny portion of all the share markets in the world. It's actually currently about 0.1%. So it's not 1%, it's a tenth of 1% of the world shares are on the New Zealand share market.
1: Um, And not showing, I'm not super hot on business, but and not, as I understand, showing much sign of um, getting bigger fast either. A lot of companies seem to be heading to Australia rather than expanding.
0: That's unfortunately what's been happening here and not a lot of new ones listing on the New Zealand market. Um, Hopefully that will change in time. It comes and goes over the decades, of course. But um, one other point about this is that it's not a good idea for people to think, oh, I'm in Australia as well. So I've got diversification. Certainly, that's better than being in New Zealand only. Mm. But um, the if you look at at a graph of all the different share markets around the world, the one that follows most closely to the New Zealand market is the Aussie one. Wow. You know, um, the ups and downs. And so it's not being in Australia as well is not very good. I mean, the basic idea is to get into international markets, and and you can do it through KiwiSaver, etc. I mean, one of the arguments is that If you're in New Zealand, you've got your job in New Zealand, you've possibly got a house here, you might even have a rental property here. You've got a lot of your investments in New Zealand. The one way that you can easily diversify and spread your risk is is through shares and KiwiSaver, Mm. um, other types of investments like that. There's a whole lot of industries that aren't in the New Zealand market. You know, if you're sticking to the New Zealand market, you're not haven't got investments in cars or um, electronic goods or those sort of. There might be some little company in New Zealand that's in that, in those areas, but mm. we're very not um, heaps of tech, probably. No, and and you know we've got a lot of utilities that are amongst the big companies. We haven't got. There's a whole lot of industries you're missing out on if you if you confine yourself to the New Zealand market. So, um, it, it, you know, and all, just more broadly with diversification. When the New Zealand market's falling, the others might be rising or the reverse. So, you sort of tend to get a smoother ride if you have international shares as well. Although, I'll talk in a minute about foreign exchange because um, that can mess that up. But I just wanted to say first that about the Kiwi Saver, how to, how to invest offshore for New Zealanders, the easy way is in Kiwi Saver, or if you want to. Can, you know if you don't like kiwi saver or you want to go beyond kiwi saver you can get into other managed funds that are similar to kiwi saver but um, aren't within the kiwi saver regime that also have a lot of international investments you can also go and just buy shares you know go to a new zealand share broker and buy shares in coca cola something like that uh, which was one that made warren buffett hugely wealthy over the decades um but I don't really recommend that for ordinary New Zealanders. It's fine if you've got a lot of money and you know what you're doing, but there's tax complications and complications when you die if you've got offshore investments like that, whereas if you've got the money in KiwiSaver or other managed funds that are run by a New Zealand operator, Mm. then it keeps... All of that a heck of a lot simpler for people same with buying
1: um, an international index fund, right
0: yes, if you do if you buy a new zealand based one um it's a lot simpler you can you know if you go offshore you'll find the fees are lower, and so there's a trade off there but but for as I say for ordinary New Zealanders, I think it's just better to keep life simple mm-hmm. and stick to new zealand based funds the the fees are coming down in those funds. Um, currently, there's just simplicity. Just announced some very low fee New Zealand-based funds. So, so the trends are good there. And within KiwiSaver, if you're in um, a higher risk fund, the chances are that you'll have you'll actually have quite a lot of international shares. They're not not with every provider, but with some of them. If you're in a lower risk fund, like a conservative or a defensive fund or a default fund. You might have only New Zealand investments. You might not. It defends again on the provider. The way to find out what your fund's doing is to go to the KiwiSaver Fund Finder on the Sorted website and have a look at, check your current fund, and you can click on that, feed your fund in there, and that will tell you, then you scroll down on the information about your fund, and quite near the bottom, it's got the top 10 investments in that fund. Mm and what countries they're based in. And right, so it's, it's got helpful. you know, it says New Zealand or Australia, AU for Australia or US, et cetera. And um so at a glance you can see. Be watch to what the those top ten investments, some of the funds I was looking at this morning, their top investment might be thirty-three percent, I think one of them was, was in an international share fund. And and then on down to twenty percent was in something else, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, others, you'll find the top ten investments that they've only got, you know, three percent in this, two and a half percent in that, one and a half percent in that. So that doesn't give you as much information. Mm. So, so have a look at the percentages there as okay. well to to get a feel for. This for isn't going to help.
1: This isn't going to help people, Mary, who have no idea where their KiwiSaver I is know. invested. How many I'm people getting, do you think that would be? What percentage? We,
0: oh, half maybe. I mean, I mean, I think, I hope more than half. Can name their provider and name, you know, and say I'm in a conservative fund or a riskier fund. Mm. Um, a lot of them don't know lo- a lot more about it i really do recommend having a look at the kiwi fund finder there's a lot of interesting information on there about how your fund ranks in terms of fees and services mm. and returns etc but it does also give you an idea of whether you're in international or new zealand shares i've and mentioned before bonds, et I've, I've
1: mentioned before it's not hugely find uh, easy to find that fund finder thing on the sorted website is it
0: no i i it wasn't. I thought they were going to make it easier. If you just Google KiwiSaver Fund Finder, then it'll take you through to the one on Sorted, okay. rather than going, first of all, to the Sorted website. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, no,
1: Sorted.org.nz slash Fund Finder. So that yes. is quite simple.
0: Okay. Yeah, up it comes. And, and it really is worth spending a bit of time on that. Yeah. Um, The the fact that many KiwiSaver funds do have international investments is actually another argument for people who once they've reached 65 and got access to their money, some of them are moving it out of their savings, out of KiwiSaver into, say, bank term deposits or something. One more reason to leave it in, at least some of your money in KiwiSaver is that then you're continuing that international exposure, which really does reduce Mm. your risk. I mean, when you think about it, uh, if there was there, there are various you know potential disasters that could happen to the New Zealand economy such as a terrible agricultural disease like foot and mouth or something like that or and we've talked about this before or a big um earthquake yeah. eruption something like that there are various reasons why the New Zealand economy could suddenly go horribly bad and then it's a very good reason for you to have some of your investments outside this country um Somebody
1: asks, have you looked yes. at the international component of balanced and aggressive funds, and and which is the most sort of optimum?
0: Yeah, yes. If you have a look on the fund finder, they vary a lot. some of the providers will have not much at all in international, yeah. and some of them have got the whole just about the whole lot of their funders. Okay. It's very varied, and so I really recommend people have a look at it. Um, we haven't talked so far about foreign exchange risk and that. Is obviously a worry, and um, some people have difficulty getting their heads around this. So I'll try and keep it as simple as possible. But basically, we're talking about the movements between the New Zealand dollar and other currencies, and they move all the time—you know, minute by minute, second by second. Actually, uh, depending on a whole lot of factors mm. that that feed in, into those changes. And the basic rule is if the New Zealand dollar rises against most other currencies, then your the value of your offshore investments will go down. And then the reverse is true. If the New Zealand dollar falls, the value of your offshore investments will go up. So it, they just move in the opposite direction to one another. Um, if you're finding all this too hard to follow, as I say, I know some people just their eyes glaze over. The basic message is that it's good to have international uh, investments. But for those who, who can follow this, and I hope it's lots of people, um, the fact that you've got this foreign exchange risk can increase the volatility of international investments compared with New Zealand investments. Because if, if the investments and markets are doing well and the foreign exchange movements also boost your performance, you can do very, very well. If the reverse happens, the markets are doing badly and the foreign exchange movements work against you, you can do very, very, when she was good, she was very, very good, and when she (laughs) was bad, she was horrid. Um, On the other hand, there are quite a lot of times where they'll offset one another, where where, um, Mm. the investments are doing pretty badly, but the foreign exchange movements offset that and and make things go better. So, you know, sometimes it can, being in, in... in, in a fund with foreign exchange, can can seem pretty risky to people, but I strongly recommend you don't worry about that. And here's why: um, it, when when especially with money you're saving for retirement, let's say, or saving to spend in, in a few decades, in retirement, hopefully you'll have a mortgage-free house. Hopefully, or a lot of money saved to to cover your accommodation expenses. And then you've got New Zealand Super coming in and that's got no foreign exchange exposure. that's got money from the New Zealand government. So hopefully the extra money that the, the New Zealand super might cover your basic spending, mm. and your Kiwi saver and other savings might cover things like cars, electronic goods, books, clothes, foreign travel. All of which are the foreign travel, you, you know, you've got exposure to foreign exchange movements that affects the value of you. the cost of your foreign travel and cars and electronic goods, etc., are largely imported. And so, if they're imports, they, their prices also get affected by mm. foreign exchange. And the way it works is that if the Kiwi dollar falls between now and when you buy, either a new car or, or a new computer or um, buy some overseas travel, if the Kiwi dollar's fallen, um, the prices of those will rise. The price of travel will rise, the price of cars will rise, etc. If all your savings are in New Zealand dollars, you're stuck having to put mm. up with that price rise. But if you've got some of your savings overseas, then the fall in the New Zealand dollar will boost the value Mm. of those overseas savings. And so, okay, the price of the travel's gone up, the price of the car's gone up, the price of the computer's gone up, but your investments have also gone up. Your international investments have also gone up to cover that. So that works really nicely. And when the reverse happens, when the Kiwi dollar rises, that means that... um, the value of your international investments are going to go down. Oh, that's not so good. But the cost of imports will go down and the cost of international travel will, will go down as well. And so you don't you don't mind too much because the, what you're spending the money on has got cheaper. So it's, it's kind of like you're just thinking in terms of I've got some money in a bank in England and so if I'm going to go and travel in England, then... I just take the money out of the English bank, and it doesn't matter what's happened to the Kiwi dollar in the meantime. Um, if you've got your money invested in English um, investments, it's the same sort of effect. Yeah, it's it's. So as I say, the all of this gets quite confusing for some people, but basically, what I'm saying here is that if you are hopefully going to be reasonably well off in retirement. So you're going to be spending, you know, a fair bit of your money on imported goods and international travel. It's actually lower risk to have your long term savings overseas.
1: Yep. Yeah. Sounds good to me, Mary. Thank yeah. you. Two one oh one by the way, if you want to get in touch or throw a question. We try and keep the questions for Mary on topic because Obviously, money is a very broad sort of a thing to chat about, and so if you've got a question on today's particular topic, uh, which is uh, investing your money <laughs> outside of New Zealand, really, why you shouldn't just stick with New Zealand investments, two one oh one is the number, or jesse at radio nz co uh, dot nz. So, what's a good sort of proportion of money to have off- offshore? Oh, sure.
0: Well, yes, it depends. I would say if you are one of these. You know, lucky or good, good planners people who do expect in retirement to have the mortgage-free home, and you've got New Zealand Super covering the basics, and so you are hoping to be able to spend a fair bit of your savings on imports and travel, etc. Then it's not a bad idea to have more than half your your savings, your long-term savings, in international investments, either within KiwiSaver or in other funds. Um, if if you are struggling more and you're going to be spending more of the your retirement money on um, accommodation, say, which is a New Zealand product, then perhaps it doesn't make so much sense to have so much of it offshore. Yeah, so it's, it, it does sort of depend on your circumstances.
1: Okay, sort of so it. but the rule yeah. of thumb, about half and half... Is that what well, you well,
0: possibly, yeah, and and if, if you're doing quite well, maybe more than half, mm. yeah, to get that wonderful diversification, you get if you've got your money overseas, yeah. But
1: what about what about supporting New Zealand business, Mary?
0: Yeah, and and whether yes, that that really is a good question, and and we get quite a few politicians talking about wanting more KiwiSaver money and other money to be invested in New Zealand businesses, and. Yeah, I mean, that is certainly an argument. Although, if you're putting your money into shares, it's not actually usually going to the company. They've already issued the shares on the share market when they initially did their initial public offering. um, And the shares by now are being traded from one person to another, either in New Zealand, you're buying and selling with other New Zealanders or other international people within the New Zealand market. So, if you put your money into a fund that holds a lot of New Zealand shares, that isn't directly going to the New Zealand companies. It's sort of indirectly going. It's not quite such a direct relationship. I mean, having said that, we You're still...
1: you su- supporting their value, though, aren't you? By, yes. By buying your sort of... That's
0: true, keeping up the value of the shares. Mm. But the counter-argument is that if, if the New Zealand economy goes terribly bad, as we were talking about before, like with an agricultural disease or something or even if it's just not doing as well as international economies, then ordinary New Zealanders, to the extent they've got some of their wealth overseas, they're better off than if they had it all in New Zealand and it was sort of going down with the economy going down. And in the end, what is New Zealand wealth if it's not the collective wealth of all New Zealanders? You know, I mean, it's... um, (laughs) I think the New Zealand government would actually, if, if a disaster befell the country, be in a way quite glad that quite a lot of the citizens had mm. investments overseas that they could actually cash in and bring back into New Zealand. The economy, the um, New Zealand
1: economy, isn't just the New Zealand business economy, right? No,
0: it's all of us. It's our wealth. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, it, it is individual people. Companies are made up of, you know, they hire people and they issue shares and, and give dividends to people. It's all, in the end, when you think about an economy, it, it is just the people, not the companies. Okay, so you yeah. don't lie
1: awake at night, Mary, worrying about how you haven't supported the no, New Zealand business community I, I enough of your
0: savings. I invest mostly in offshore managed funds. and Someone, someone else might have business. another
1: perspective on that, by the way. You're welcome to get in touch on 2101. Uh, What's the minimum amount to invest to make it worthwhile, asks someone on text.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be a very big amount at all because you can put it into either KiwiSaver or a non-KiwiSaver fund that in turn invests in international investments. And you can, you know, a lot of them will accept $1,000, something like that, so it can be quite a small amount.
1: Okay. Uh, Lance says, what is a good overseas fund to invest in? Who is a good provider? And he says he doesn't want a KiwiSaver fund.
0: Okay, what I would do, even though he doesn't want KiwiSaver, is go on the KiwiSaver Fund Finder and work out which is the best fund for you at at your risk level and then go to that provider. Let's say it comes up with Provider X and their um, balanced fund. Then go to Provider X and say, have you got a similar fund that's outside KiwiSaver? And they nearly always will. That's an easy way to find out what's the best fund for you. I suggest you go for low fees. Emphasise fees when you're looking on the fund finder. Have a look at which ones has got the low fees.
1: George wants to know yeah. how he can find out who his KiwiSaver provider is. Yeah, you
0: can ring Inland Revenue, and unfortunately I don't have the number here. Now, I'll bring it in next time, or send it in to you to put on the website, shall I? Um, you, can, you can ring Inland Revenue and ask them, you need your IRD number with you. There's an 0800 number. Um, Just the it, Just a standard
1: IRD number. To
0: be honest, I'm not sure off the top yeah. of my head, but um, I can get that to you have a look. later have a look. on. Yeah, it's it, but it, if you rang the standard IRD number, they should be able to say tell you how what number to ring if they can't give it to you. Someone else is worried
1: yes. about if they invest overseas, does that mean you lose money by having to pay more tax because you're being taxed both here and abroad?
0: in short no that, that you tend to get credit in one country for being taxed in another country so i mean that's a whole complicated thing but no it's a good point and, and no the tax in, in total doesn't tend to be higher
1: 0800 KiwiSaver, does that sound right to you, Mary? Yes, it probably is. Yeah.
0: Probably is correct, yes. Mm-hmm. And you need your IRD number with you and then they'll tell you which provider you're with.
1: I know you have one um, more topic to um, cover here. I'm just going to throw this tricky yes. one at you because I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yes. Can you please ask Mary's opinion of diversifying internationally by buying New Zealand companies that operate largely outside of New Zealand, like Fisher & Paykel Healthcare or Main Freight?
0: Yeah, that's, that does good keep one, me on my toes. Yes, mm. it does. So... They're still if, if you're buying shares in that company they're denominated, New yeah. yeah, they're denominated in New Zealand dollars, and so I mean it does mean of course that if the New Zealand economy was doing badly but another economy was doing well and a New Zealand company was operating in that country, then their profits would tend to be higher, so yeah, it doesn't hurt to do it that way, but it's not a very direct way of doing it, okay, and yeah. just
1: one more uh what about saving money overseas um
0: yeah. Do, they, do you think they might be talking about saving for a trip or something like no, that? No, a couple or? of people
1: who are earning overseas dollars, whether they're better to save it over there. Uh, someone else mentions a multi-currency card. Is it good to have overseas saving, just as a saving rather than as an investment?
0: Um, So, gosh, there's several questions yeah. there. Um, as far as keeping, if you're earning money overseas, as far as whether to keep it over there or bring it back into New Zealand, mm. If you were planning to go for a trip in that country you know, sometime, it might be quite a good idea to just leave it there. If you want to spend the money in New Zealand, I would recommend sort of trickling it back here a bit now, a bit in six months, a bit in a year or, or whatever, because we don't know what's going to happen to foreign exchange, and that way you don't get, get bring the whole lot over when it happens to be bad rate. But... I don't recommend sitting there. I mean, quite a few people have worked in England or somewhere like that and they've got a lot of money there, maybe even a house there, come to live here, want the money, but they're scared to bring it over because of foreign exchange movements. Well, they could just as easily go down as up or up as down and I reckon just get on with it, move it over into several batches. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Go on, tell us about hedging. I
0: just just wanted to briefly look at hedging because what hedging in, in this context is that quite a lot of... Managed funds that invest in international investments say that they're hedged or half-hedged. And that means they buy what are called (coughs) derivatives, which we won't go into, but complicated investments which take away the effect of foreign exchange movements on the fund. And so it's, it's sort of just like a New Zealand one in that it's not affected by foreign exchange. People might think that's good, but... As I say, if you were planning to spend the money in future on imports or travel or international travel it 's actually a bad idea to be in a hedge fund, so sometimes you know you might want to be in a half and half one, but i wouldn 't necessarily assume that being in a hedge fund is a particularly good thing. It depends on your
1: circumstances okay. yeah Grant, um, Mary, I want to give you a chance to respond to this one just in from Grant, slightly off topic, but I think you 'll enjoy it. I got a call yesterday, says Grant, from a well-spoken American claiming to be based in Panama, selling offshore investments. Uh-oh. <laughs> he claims that returns will be around fifteen to twenty percent, and they'll be tax-free because it would be held offshore for me to access at my leisure. Do you think it could be bona fide? <laughs> I
0: think I think that person probably already knows, don't you? That that the the signs are all there that. It's not bone fide. I mean, the fifteen to twenty percent return is too high. With no taxes, even better. That's too, a too good to be true situation. And you've got to always think: if that person, if it's that good an investment, why on earth are they ringing a stranger and telling them about it rather than just borrowing as much money as they can and putting it, it, it in themselves? It's nah, stay away. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, thanks, Grant. Hey, nice to have you in, Mary. Thanks very much. Yes, you too, Jesse. Uh, and if you came in late, you can listen on demand. In fact, Mary's so important, she's got her own podcast page on the RNZ website. Sounded slightly patronising. We're quite <laughs> pleased with this podcast page. You can find it on our, uh, on our podcast and series page. You'll see Mary Holm, all of her former segments there, which you can listen to at your leisure. Thanks,
0: Thanks. Jesse. See you. Nice to chat.